0: 3.5 of Movie Mumble, the recap for our first cycle of films. In these recap episodes, we meet to give things another breath of air and examine the films with fresh minds and hindsight. We'll go over anything we didn't get to in our original discussions, or bring up new thoughts we've only had with the passage of time. For clarification, one cycle of films is where each of us has picked once, so after Joel, Tim, and I have each picked a film, we'll sit down and do one of these recap episodes for the last set of three films. These recaps will be scheduled between our normal episodes, so we don't cheat you out of a regular one. This first cycle, we watched Board, a Jackie Chan film from early in his directorial career, The Skycrawlers, a modern sci-fi anime from The Man Who Brought Us Ghost in the Shell, and Koyanes Katsi, a visual tone poem constructed across the 70s and 80s, scored by Philip Glass. So Joel, Tim, what have you been thinking about since we watched these films?
1: Anything new? Put us on the spot Why don't <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I've been thinking Specifically with Reference to the Jackie Chan films mm-hmm. That's The genre And the actor That I've been most Familiar with With the stuff That we've watched um, And I'm going to Do the thing I do Every podcast I'm going to Date the podcast mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Recently we had A trailer come out For The Foreigner um, which is the latest ah, Jackie Chan yes. film? Pierce mm-hmm. and Jackie Chan. Yes, yeah, it's Jackie Chan versus James Bond with a little bit of <laughs> Taken thrown in, and it it looks incredible, and it, it it just it really got me thinking about how Jackie has been in a certain role for much of his career, and we're finally getting to a place where he can play a little bit darker. He, he's still the good guy.
0: He, he, he built his career around the environmental use, almost slapstick esque
2: yeah.
1: stuff. The, the the high choreography mm-hmm. the, and using mm-hmm. what's around him, and it's comical the mm-hmm. the way he shapes the
0: funny kung fu
1: guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Tim's oh, trying Tim. <laughs> out Guido. <laughs> Car- There's Tim, <laughs> like it was, <laughs> he was in so another me. room.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Leroy <laughs> I know anything yet. Well, That's his introduction this episode. <laughs> but, uh, but but yes, uh, it, it, he he his reputation was built very. It feels like it was built with purpose mm-hmm. around a certain.
1: Well, I mean, I've I've seen interviews where he, he said, "I never wanted to be the the tough guy. I didn't want mm-hmm. people to come up and or, or see me in a movie and see that's that's this guy's posturing. He's he's the guy too beat up. He always wanted his characters to show pain, to wince, to to be comical, to disarm him, he's he's kind of he didn't say I don't want to be Bruce Lee, but that's kind of how I've always thought of it. It's like mm-hmm. Bruce Lee's badass; he's always A larger ca- than life. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's characterized as this almost like unstoppable force, mm-hmm. whereas Jackie is this usually this fallible, funny kind of.
0: Mm-hmm. He makes mistakes. Yeah, so he, he stops to 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 rub his side and grow. Yeah. And, yeah. There's a humanity injected into them. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and and that's something I'm really, really excited about, seeing him in this role in The Foreigner, because I, I don't want to give too much away, but in the trailer it's kind of implied that, well, not implied, it shows that his daughter is murdered in a uh, terrorist attack in um, Britain, and he's trying to go after the bombers, and he ends up butting heads with Pierce Brosnan, mm-hmm. who's running, like, an Interpol office there, mm-hmm. and it turns out that Jackie's a bad, bad man. He's a good guy, but he's a bad, very, bad man.
0: He's given a very particular set of skills. Yes, <laughs> and
1: it's it, it's just I'm really specifically with reference to the movie that we watched to see that stark contrast. That yeah, to see how far he's developed in the roles that he's playing. It it, it seems like a natural maturation. Mm-hmm. You know, like he, he spent a lot of time being that silly, fallible. Mm-hmm kind of familiar presence and now he can be a little bit more brooding, a little more sure. um, intense.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I want to point out, I thought a little more about, I said that this that Dragon Lord felt sort of familiar, mm-hmm. American-ish in a lot of ways mm-hmm. in the production and whatnot. I feel like I may have misrepresented Jackie Chan's Western influences would have been more British not American I kept sense. saying American I sort, of, I sort of feel bad like I sort of, it's kind sort of, of like Americanized everything I, hmm. I just that's where I am but I thought a little more about the, why the film didn't really feel foreign mm-hmm. and my experience with foreign films is admittedly limited not super limited I think less limited than most Americans but but just based on what I the general picture I've built from the bits and pieces I've gathered mm. about the, the French films I've watched or the German ones or a, a limited palette of Spanish films and a series of Italian films from a lot of my classes and, of course, British films are pretty plentiful around mm-hmm. here. The, the, the very general overarching thematic or tonal consistencies that I've picked up on with, within each nation's films, mm-hmm. again, just of the ones that I have seen, <laughs> it didn't hit any of those notes for me. Mm. And because of that, and because my experience with American films is much broader, it just felt sort of, it just fell into that
2: middle that genre. ground. Oh, gotcha. film, just ding, here it is. Uh-huh.
0: And that, I'm wondering how much of that is, that American films are my default because I'm American. Mm-hmm. And so when the film felt def- like a default film, it just, I just assumed, oh yeah, America, it's natural to me. That's right. And how much of that is particular to American cinema. Mm. How much of that is a numbers game, even? Just that there's so much in cinema. Mm-hmm.
1: It's interesting you say that, because I, I, I think my familiarity with this film came from a different place, because I, I've i just seen so much of Jackie's work that it's kind of the things that i found familiar within it are things that I've just seen in his other films as they've become more Americanized. And I think a lot of my... How I watch a film is impacted by having seen Jackie Chan stuff. Um, just how things are choreographed and shot, and he, mm-hmm. like... When I judge just action... One, sequ-
0: of your, one of your baselines was this sort of thing.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so that's you, the thing. Like, when I'm judging sorry. fight choreography or those kinds of things, I'm, I'm constantly thinking of how good Jackie is at putting mm-hmm. hits on film, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, so, and... Uh, he... People don't talk about him as a director or choreographer very much. No. He's, he's this presence on screen and he's kind of the reason to see a movie a lot. But like his, his ability to capture things, it, I think, has had a major impact on how action sequences have been filmed and how people approach those kinds of choreography since. And I think that's, that's in a sense, what I found familiar about it is that I saw those kind of threads being picked up in more um, Mm -hmm. American later um, action flicks
0: Mm -hmm. this film which was your first experience was also influential in the things that came later Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you you grew with the genre (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: I was molded by it (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: and somewhere John is smiling because we just had a Bane reference the born in it from Aldermire. Yes. yes. <laughs> or, uh, nerds that geek runner, John. <laughs> Patron saint of nerd yes, content. Yeah. Uh, Patron saint is of... He has a very good Bane voice, I must no, say. No, he
1: does. He definitely does. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. Patron yes. saint of nerd content and sharks. <laughs> and sharks. Oh, yes. The Sharks are important.
2: Absolutely. And tacos. And
1: tacos. Oh, tacos, tacos and sharks, man. and nerd content.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Something that I... Mentioned with both of you in the Skycrawlers mm-hmm. to shift gears a bit here is the video game, mm-hmm. which exists, which wraps back around my whole ex- exceedingly roundabout manner of discovering the film in right. the first mm-hmm. place. But the video game—I I don't know how officially canonical it is attached to the film or not mm-hmm. story-wise. It—it's an it implied prequel. Is that oh, it kind is, of a sense? It's a prequel for sure. Okay, but, um, definitively. Mm-hmm. Just I don't know whether it counts as oh, hey, they just roll out into gotcha. the game. Or, oh, this is going to tell a specific story, you know?
1: Do you know how close it was released to the original film?
0: Uh, Let me find out for you. Let's see. The game was... Released in Japan in 2008. Okay. Then 2010 for North America and Europe. It's an interesting delay. So 2008 would have been the actual (laughs) publication date there. And then the film... Was released in also two thousand eight. Okay, interesting. Huh. Mm. So unless that was a particularly quick turnaround,
1: I wonder if they were they were, they were released together.
2: At, yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway, the the game deals with it, for what for what you may or may not recall from the film, it's the two companies that are constantly at war with each other. They're the the children they were called. Mm-hmm. That just they're cloned. The game starts with you as a human pilot. And it starts with when the first children begin to arrive on the front lines okay. and there's this, oh, they're just kids and oh they're so young and you know, your squadron takes losses, and then the children pilots reappear. Same bodies, same voices, you know, give you different names and say you've never met you before. Mm-hmm. It's a little little weird and there's some betrayal and it's too interesting. The whole just of it, the ultimate contrivance is that at the end, uh, one of the children who died comes back up to your player character, whose face is hidden the whole time who is standing next to a plane with a Black Panther on it, and she calls you Teacher. <laughs> so the whole idea is that you were playing the character that eventually became the teacher from mm-hmm. the film. And it is said in the film that the teacher switched sides. It all, it all fits. It all talents. Yeah. And the way things unfolded in that story, I, I sort of felt like the teacher, especially in the film, we see him purposefully kill, which I think I may have mentioned in the episode. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That it's not just, oh, he's shooting the plane down. You know, right. In the opening. We see the that blood. gun's yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah. to kill, not just oh, we're going to take them, shoot the planes down, do my job. It's actually looking for the death of these killers. Uh-huh. I feel like the events in the game motivate him that way. That everything that goes on there, and I'm not going to sit here and explain the whole game. Right? Mm-hmm. That would be a waste of everybody's time. That they they give him this this sense that he's freeing them, almost mm-hmm. from their their past mistakes hmm. or misdeeds. You know it's a, its a, it's a new life it's another chance back to that joyous ignorance, if you will mm-hmm. that while the children' the children almost seek life like an adult like a human it's something that's it's out of reach for them, but in the film they talk they talk about the strangeness of never growing old mm-hmm. that the teacher sees that as a curse in a way thats, gotcha. and like, especially a curse for people who whose whole life is war. Mm. I didn't really, didn't really come up in the episode, but just that whole... Because we don't learn almost anything about the teacher in the film. And I think that's on purpose, you know, it's very much obviously. Right. So that's why I say I don't know how canonical a game is, necessarily.
1: So had you played through the game before having seen the movie? No. Okay.
0: I, I started watching the YouTube walkthrough, because I didn't own a Wii. Okay. And then, at some point, maybe the third mission, you know, there was a comment somewhere about the film, and I went... Film and then, That's right. then I watched yeah, the yeah. movie. Then I finished watching the playthrough. Okay, I did eventually buy the game and play it on a roommate's Wii. Gotcha, gotcha. But uh but yes, yeah, so I did watch the film first mostly. <laughs> gotcha.
1: It's just interesting to, I didn't realize that you had had a couple of missions into that kind of world before you had the film. I'd be interested if you would recommend. No, I know what Rose. you're gonna say. <laughs> the story and it wasn't,
0: point. I think you were expected to have watched the film, uh-huh. because at least in those first few, there's not, there's no explanation. Gotcha. You just show up, and you're, we well, are supposed to know who Rostock and Walter are, mm. the corporations, gotcha. and, and identify the icons and everything. It's definitely the other way around.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, you know, with the reveal of you being the teacher, like if you haven't seen the film, it's like so you don't care, right? <laughs> gotcha. Yet, right. <laughs>
1: I mean, in a sense, that's, that's what the film does, too, is that it, it slowly gives you information, but mm-hmm. in, in the, which, what it sounds like you're describing the game does that more... There's nothing spoon-fed at all. It's you. There's a context well, that... the world's
0: already built in you. the game, okay. so it's not going to tell you about the different planes or why the corporations are at war or what have you. All you're concerned with is what's going on with, in your base with your personnel and your squad yeah, mates, right. etc., you know, it's, it's a war story. In Saving Private Ryan, they don't talk about why we're landing on the beaches. You know, <laughs> they just show you what happens to the squad. <laughs> it's a similar sort of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Saving Private Ryan accomplishes that because it's about World War II, and mm-hmm. it's, very, it's all very common knowledge. Right. But the game here accomplishes that by assuming you watch the film. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Tim, did you have any... Kung Fu Skycrawler thoughts. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they all they have to cross
0: pollinate. I you certainly have it, the uh, most to say about Dragon's Katsi, so let's okay. clean these two up before yeah. we move on.
3: <laughs> um, well, I definitely I, I thought it was interesting when you when you were talking about like you know the viewing Dragon Lord as kind of like being this kind of in the middle, you know, and, and recognizing like oh yeah I'm familiar with this because of other stuff I've seen, and I feel like that happens a lot with um you know with with me i recognized it because i've probably seen movies that have been influenced by it like that sort of thing you know it's like oh yeah like i can see how this type of kung fu choreography led into films like the matrix and the transporter and you know stuff like that and um and it was kind of funny like i didn't mention it originally cuz it's like oh that's kind of you know, for me to say something like that to Joel, who kind of has been into these movies, is probably like when someone tells me that, oh, you know, I heard that song "The Planets" by Gustav Holst. It sounds like Star Wars, and I, <laughs> I want to wring their neck. I'm like, no, Star Wars sounds like The Planets. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Star Wars was written like before World War II, <laughs> mm-hmm. so like you know, it's that sort of thing where it's like, you know, kind of yeah. keeping keeping planets the planets yeah star wars yeah yeah the planets
0: is that arc you to your neck right yeah exactly <laughs> i got it backwards
3: but no yeah but it's that sort of thing where it's like um you know i i try to keep that in check where it's like okay if i'm acknowledging something that's the original like oh this is probably the original not the thing that i'm familiar with being the original and then sort of judging the other thing based on my knowledge it's Mm -hmm. like well wait a minute like this 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 came first this is sort of this deserves kind of the the respect and the wonder of like wow that influenced all these things that that i like you know all these movies that you know these americanized movies that have kung fu in them are because of stuff like this you know um so i thought that was an interesting sort of thing that you know like coming into kung fu movies like relatively late in the game and and yeah through through american movies um to then see it in a, you know, and, and, you know... And, you know, I do have some experience in the past where I did watch, you know, I think I talked about like watching some of um, Jet Li's older films, right. you know, so I did kind of dig into that a little bit, but but still not to the scope of, you know, the role that, like, Bruce Lee versus Jet Li versus Jackie Chan played in the evolution mm-hmm. of, of Kung Fu and that coming to America and how that was brought here and what people thought about it and things like that, you know, I just kind of came into it later when, like, wow, that's cool, like, you know... Uh, Keanu Reeves is doing kung fu now. Yeah, like that's that's awesome. You know, but it, not thinking about how we got there and how mm-hmm. that um, that became an option, even. Yeah, yeah. and um, and you know that's just one of the things that I've tried to really focus on and enjoy um, about. America that you, we just rip stuff off from everybody, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you know, we, you know, we'll just like mercilessly be like, you know, oh, yeah, that thing that's really sacred and, you know, pure to you, I'm taking it and I'm doing what I want with it.
0: <laughs> it, can, it's, it's, it comes back to the double-edged sword of the melting pot mm-hmm. that yeah. brought together you create wonderful new things, but at the expense of something of the source. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And whether one is objectively better than the other or not, and, and, yeah. and you know, etc. I'm glad you brought up the... Uh, Oh man, I've lost a sentence now, but something along the lines of that you have experience with newer things, but not with older, mm-hmm. and
3: which is ironic, how <laughs> you know, much older I am. <laughs> I <guess. laughs> but, uh, something
0: along the lines of not understanding the impact.
2: I think you said about the old. Well, yeah, because yeah, I didn't know. I, yeah, I didn't know right.
3: like the history of like Jackie Chan. And, yeah, they don't have the
2: recognition. And, yeah,
3: um, you know, and I know who those people are, and I know that they're responsible. But like how you knew the detail, Joel, about like oh, you know, using what's around him and having that sort of more um, realistic, like ooh, this hurt, and I'm not, a, I'm not a superhuman the way you know Bruce Lee might come across. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't know those sort of little details, but you know, looking back, you can see how those little things filter into you know, like if I watch you know, a, a modern American movie with kung fu in it, you know, you might see all those little, little different aspects that in different fighters in that film that is influenced by all those different people. Like, oh, you know, this style of fighting is very Bruce Lee, but this uh, style of fighting is very gently, and this, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's, I think, one of the cool things is that, you know, I wonder, you know, and and, and not to say this is a criticism of them, but, like, yeah, if you have a movie that's choreographed by, Jackie Chan, you know, how much of it is going to be mostly his style, like even if it's other people fighting, and how much is he really going to try to tap into other other people um, versus it being his own voice, whereas you know, sometimes I think that is the advantage of like the melting pot and being detached from it is, well, I've watched all these different kung fu movies by all these different directors and all these different fight choreographers, and I'm gonna turn each of them into a different character, mm-hmm. you know, and um you know I see that happening a lot in the twenty first century and you know with with music and everything where um you know it's you know it's it's drawing on the past, but usually to kind of you know, either reference something or, or um, you know, I know this happened a lot in, in Hamilton. Like, there were very different styles of rap that were used for different characters. You know, so it's not just yeah, the whole thing is just rap, whatever. Like, like it was meant to have these different styles that, you know, again, that that couldn't have been made if all those different styles hadn't grown from their different regions and you know whatever it was that influenced that particular style for then, you know, um, Miranda to kind of draw on that and say like, okay, I want to use this style for this scenario. You know, we use the rap battle for the uh, um, the debate, you know, and that kind of thing and piecing those different styles together um, you know, to create this sort of interesting contrast and interplay between those styles mm-hmm. um, so, you know, that, that's again one of the things I appreciate about the, the sort of American way of approaching things of like I can step back from this after all this history and just kind of mash stuff together, <laughs> you know, without being like, well this is the style that I know, this is what I was raised on, this is what, you know, this is my tradition and um you know, and I, I can see how that might be offensive to certain cultures who, like, yeah, like this is this is what we grew up on. This is like what is, you know, uh, you know, a core of our um, of our culture. And you're just kind of throwing it in to be like, oh, well, this character is going to be this, you know. And I guess there are ways to do it where it's more or less respectful. But um, but you know, as in, I try to look at it as an artist to be like, okay, if someone hadn't made that stretch to say like, I'm going to take you know all three of these different styles and kind of mix them in one film you know for these different reasons you know we never would get to see stuff like that maybe mm-hmm. and you know like i said i don't know maybe maybe Jackie Chan did do a movie where he was like I want to reference these different styles and purposely try to make a character who is, you know, like Bruce Lee, who is more superhuman and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of pushing the boundaries of what the, uh, the human body can do. But then there's a character who's like me, who's like, oh, okay, I kind of know Kung Fu, but I'm also a little silly. And, okay, here's a table. I'm going to throw that. In You're break my leg and You're describing the Kingdom. Is that kind of how that works? With
1: the, and it's Jackie and Chet Lee's in it, too. Oh, nice. It's okay. really, really cool. Um, so now I want to see that film. Yeah, it, I own it. <laughs> we'll watch it at some point Um, you brought up uh, Keanu Reeves as -hmm. an example of like western kung fu Mm -hmm. and like I don't want you to have any diminished view of him as a kung fu guy because Mm Um, I've heard interviews, especially with the uh, in, uh, director of John Wick and John Wick 2, mm-hmm. talking about what a beast Keanu is with mm-hmm. choreography. Because mm-hmm. typically with American actors doing action sequences like that, they're limited to four or five moves in a row before they have to stop, right. reset, and move to another thing. Mm-hmm. And Keanu can almost double that. Oh, wow. Like he, he's really good with choreography just because mm-hmm. they started him with the matrix and he got really good training mm-hmm. really early and just kind of the, the, like you were saying about, um, the influence of those styles kind of amalgamating into something new, like gung fu, like you would see in, uh, uh equilibrium or mm-hmm. like, <coughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, John wicks a good example of it too. The way mm-hmm. he uses his gun and that kind of rigid, uh, well-defined movement, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That, that is definitely informed by a lot of, okay, these are, these are traditional forms that we're uh, mm-hmm. ad- adding a gun to, and how would that move, and how would... The yeah. philosophy of a martial artist. Yeah, not, definitely. Uh,
0: maybe not philosophy, maybe that's too, too, too strong a term. But the respect but for, for lot, the weapon... Some of the core yeah. aspects, yeah. yes. The efficiency of movement, mm-hmm. yeah. the precision of delivering the strike with the weapon whether yeah. it's a staff or a sword or your fist or a gun yep. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. integrating the basic physical motion concepts yeah.
1: mm-hmm. every time Keanu comes up it makes me happy that John Wick is a thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's, you, you both touched on now. It, you touched on something about their cultural impact <clears throat> to, of things that get lost as they become less new Mm-hmm. of the sort that we don't tap into them because we weren't there it wasn't mm-hmm. original for us it wasn't attached one of the first things we saw and then you also have The Matrix which fits nicely into as an example for me that I didn't watch The Matrix for a while it's another another film I was late to the party mm-hmm. for along with Lord of the Rings and <laughs> um
1: I think we've talked about The Matrix and Lord of the Rings and Star Wars In every, every episode. <laughs> yeah. Common that's themes, people. That's blockbuster fair. Blockbuster I mean. and yeah. dating the podcast. That's, that's true. The podcast. So. <laughs> because, like, it,
0: it's funny because uh, have, not having the wow factor of, oh, I've never seen this before uh-huh. when I went to watch The Matrix, I think meant that I didn't enjoy it nearly as much as a lot of people did. Gotcha. Which I still I think it's fine. I don't, I'm not, not going to say, "Oh man, I hated The Matrix." I'm some sort of elitist asshole. I just I'd seen slow motion before, and I'd seen wire fu before, and I'd seen better special effects mm-hmm. done later. And some of them were influences, things that only came about because of The Matrix. Right. Right. Some of them were things <laughs> that had happened before The Matrix. The Matrix had popularized or brought to the fore, or just also done, it, if you will.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So then, when I went to see The Matrix, it had nothing. For me, nothing left to stand on but the story itself and the execution itself, which was fine, but was not mind-blowing. I see. I have this problem a lot lately with things from the 80s, just because of the people <laughs> I work with and, and their age. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'll tell me, you know, oh, well, you, this film, this was great, and that film, and there's, there's this huge list of films that are all older than I am, hmm. that if I were to make a similar list of films from when I was growing up, it could be just as long But even now, there are some of them that I would show to you guys and say, you won't like this as much as I did because Mm -hmm. of the the time that's passed Mm -hmm. and just the way the world's changed, the way you think. And the people I talk to who recommend all these 80s films don't seem to... It never (laughs) crosses their minds. So I keep going, this is great, and that is great, and that. And I'll watch some of them sometimes and go, oh, okay. Again, nothing... Sorry, Joel. No, no, no. Nothing about the execution was fed. Oh, man, what a... Piss poor film, you know, these people need to be fired. Nothing nothing like that. I'm not saying they didn't do good work. Right. Or like, oh they are to do a Nothing like that. Just that a lot of things without the time period that they're in I don't even want to say they don't age well. That's too strong a term. Just that things that are your first first exposure somehow or just when you're interested in something. Yeah. There's a, a personal atmosphere to that. That without it, <clears throat> the thing, the film or song or whatever becomes less.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And time period is important. And memory is important. You know, everyone at some point, maybe not everyone, most people eventually discover music that's harder, louder, angrier. Electric guitars, metal, grunge. You know, like, <laughs> they, they did that teenager phase, right, if you will. <laughs> like and, that was Batman's voice. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, but uh, for me, it was... And still, sort of remains Pearl Jam because that was what my dad listened to when he worked out. So it was cool because it was you know, my dad, and he's strong, and he's working out. <laughs> and, and it was also new at the time. A lot of it was, gotcha. you know, because I was born in 1992. So when, you know, a lot of the albums came out, he would buy them immediately. Mm. So that I have that convenient. It just sort of tallies. Oh, this also happens to be the thing that that I was my heavier music, if you gotcha. will. But it could have been. Avenged Sevenfold, or or some Swedish band, or or Metallica. Because in my case, it was what my dad listened to. Right. When it came out it was irrelevant. So if he listened, he listened to Metallica, or to Guns N' Roses. I know people are going to get angry about me lumping all these different things together and <laughs> under the term of... I, I think Guns N' Roses and
1: Metallica are a good mix. Sure, I mean, just,
0: what I mean is the sort of the, the loud guitar sort of yeah. thing yeah. That when you <laughs> graduate from children's songs, if you will, to your teenager teenagers. All <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the point is, it would have been those things. And even though some of those things would have had the same distance from me that some of these 80s films do, or earlier films do, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point was the memory. It, it was my first with my introduction, my roadmap. Yeah. So, film-wise, for these 80s films, things like *Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Jaws, and then their many, many sequels, Uh and all the (laughs) many spin-offs and things they inspired, were these people's roadmaps. Gotcha. So they have a like and a respect for lots of them. But for me, it only extends on its own to some of them. To the original Jaws and, you know, the, the thing in the first, part, third, not the Freddy versus Jason in space, etc., etc., <laughs> which some of which they appreciate just for what they are relics from a time period or for their association or for their memory, which is fine. I'm not saying you can't. Mm-hmm. Differences of opinion and all that sort of thing. But then when I go back and watch it on my own, as just this young American, I am missing that
2: mm-hmm.
0: cultural context, which is what you brought up, Tim.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It just doesn't it doesn't fit, It's not
1: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting with kind of those these long franchises that you're kind of mm-hmm. talking about, like i nobody told me to go out and watch tremors.
2: <laughs>
1: I love tremors, <laughs> I love all of them, I love them all equally, <laughs> and they just get worse and worse as it goes along, <laughs> but I love them all, and it was just kind of that thing. It's like tremors is a thing let's watch this time and then we proceeded to buy all of them and watch all of them because they're just <laughs> mm-hmm. it's interesting that I don't have the cultural context or the the time frame when they came out mm-hmm. as the nostalgia to draw upon that made informed my love of that franchise sure. but the context of Ty and I saying hey let's try this right. and it, it's, discovering it's the campiness your own memory. it's
0: your own yeah. cultural context yeah. specific to you which is thank you that's what I was trying to get at about the, the music whether it would have been something from the 90s or the 80s or from any time whatever it was my dad was listening to time period was irrelevant I'm not going to sit there and remember when that song first came on the radio the same way that you're not going to think about Tremors when it came out that was going on at that time you're thinking about going to see it with who we were with and the context that brought that up and it's not it it doesn't seem forced in the
1: way a lot of movie recommendations that come from people who have seen them and had this nostalgic context for them Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you have to see this it's like a pressure thing, and you it's like, you're going to love this because, yes. and instead of just kind of coming to it naturally and finding an appreciation without this kind of uh, social pressure to find this nostalgia thing that is intangible yeah. and not recreatable, mm-hmm. that if you just come to it naturally and just can, I don't know, yeah. That's what Tremors was like If somebody had said You need to see Tremors It's the greatest thing ever You're going to like it Because of these reasons I imagine I would have Gotten halfway through it And given up mm-hmm. I don't like thinking that Because I would have Missed out on a lot of <laughs> Just just some of the most that's, Amazing that's terrible That's question Is, is would
0: you have Because if you didn't End up liking it You wouldn't feel like You were missing out Would you That's true that's a, hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I'm mourning the hypothetical loss love Of the to, thing that I love yeah. <laughs> You'd love, love to have also Reality Joel You
1: <laughs> sure. guys a prick <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think just in the interest of time We should move on to yeah, Scots- uh, I Hey I said it once And it was correct I'm done <laughs> <laughs> That was my impact That's what I worked on Leading up to the recap podcast Was pronouncing <laughs> the name Of the correctly. film correctly What film?
0: I'm not oh. doing it again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the the one scored by Philip Glass? Mm-hmm.
0: let <laughs> it starts with a K. <laughs> All right. So, Tim, Koyaanis Katsu was your pick. Has watching it with us, and then the subsequent discussion, changed anything, brought anything new up? In the meantime, anything you wish you could have said to us? Um, or wish we had noticed, or anything like that? No, because, I mean, I.
3: that's one of the things I think that I dig about it is it i think it has a point but the point's like vague enough where you know it's not like oh but did you get this subtle reference to this one event that happened at this one time you know it's kind of more just like like i'm gonna bombard bombard you with these images and you know as long as you're seeing them like you're you're seeing what i'm saying with these images you know and um you know and also that um i don't know if i said this last time but one of the
2: uh one of the
3: things i really dug about it is it reminded me of of meditation you know and there's um you know a lot of things that that kind of remind me of that and you know when i went, <laughs> when i went through a period of new age stuff and you know was trying to meditate and you know it was really hard in the beginning so i'm trying to like okay i'm supposed to stay focused and think about another you know and w- what really helped me was like it's okay to kind of slip in and out of it. You know, it's okay to like fall asleep for a few minutes. It's okay to start letting your mind wander, but then bring it back. And and you know what was what I thought was kind of cool about the film is I was like, yeah, if, if if one of us dozes off for a few minutes, it's not gonna ruin <laughs> it's not gonna ruin the whole film because there's enough of just kind of back and forth between these different types of imagery that you're gonna you know click with something and um, you know and 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 maybe you know that's the thing too is like maybe some of what one of us got was different than sort of you know what i'm trying to say is the obvious overall point but you know and maybe that's the thing maybe i shouldn't say point it's more of observation you know like in making the film it was an observation on these scenes like i'm just going to set the camera up here and stuff is going to happen like it normally happens like this isn't me you know Telling actors what to say, this isn't me arranging things a certain way. this is just me plopping the camera down and watching things unfold so you know so in that sense, like I mean granted, choosing what to film you know is is more of the choice of the director and kind of steering you in one direction, but it's not altered in the sense that you know it's like oh hey uh we gotta find 50 actors to walk up an escalator constantly let's let's pay people to do that it's like that that shit was happening Mm -hmm. 24 7 whether he was there or not you know Mm -hmm. um but then again like you know there i i feel like it's it's also vague enough that you can find your own connections to other things and kind of um more specific things if you kind of choose to see them or if they happen to jump out of out at you and uh so that was kind of what I was hoping for, like to kind of see the overall thing, but also to be like, what other little things kind of really connected personally, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: So Tim, I was going to ask, how frequently do you rewatch this movie? Oh, that's a good question. Um, let's see. I don't
3: think I had watched it since I moved here, so before 2011, probably. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
1: Um, Just because yeah. I, I I'm having trouble thinking of a like time that I would sit down and watch this again by myself, right? But I would like to see it again, mm-hmm. and kind of it was when you watch it. Are you are you motivated to watch it alone or sh- watch it with somebody else? How how when you revisit this film, what's what context do you like to revisit it in? Hmm. Have you seen it? how many times have you seen it all the way through? Would you say probably? I mean, not not a
3: ton, maybe four or five, maybe a few more. Okay. Um, I feel like, yeah, usually I would try to introduce it to people. Um, I feel like, be, I don't know, it's like one of those where it combines like sort of quote-unquote modern music. Um, it, co- it combines this sort of new way of filmmaking where, yeah, we're not going to have a, a plot. We're not going to have characters. We're not going to have dialogue. You know, um so it's kind of like a bridge between sort of oh I know what a movie is and well this is something you know a, a marrying of visuals and music that's not necessarily what you're familiar with but it's not like saying oh well if you like movies let's go to the opera I feel like that's a bigger jump <laughs> of you know taking someone something knows and then relating it to something else that that is visuals and music matched together um, I I tend to probably want to watch it when I'm in like a little bit more of an artsy mood you know where it's like I want this sort of yeah, a a slightly more vague experience Um, you know, like if I'm in the mood to watch a movie but like, I don't want to necessarily want like a story, but I don't want something funny, you know, it's kind of like, just a very kind of chill sort of thing Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like, that's a good point I feel like a lot of the times I have seen it it's been like, oh, I want to show I want to watch this with so-and-so and kind of share it and be like, I think they would like this and It'd be yeah that way of kind of experiencing it um, through the other people, um, just to kind of see see what they think and um, you know because I, I feel like it is a bit of a of a surprise you know especially if you haven't seen something like that where it's like. Oh, you know, yeah. There's no dialogue, and you know, or or something where you can fall asleep and then wake up and be like, okay, I still get what's going on. Right. You know, I you know, I, I want to maybe see those scenes at some point, but I don't feel like, oh, I missed the, the the character introduction that later betrayed them, and now I don't understand the weight of that betrayal because of how that character was introduced. You know, it's like right. it's you know, it's just kind of like it's 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 more like looking at a painting almost. You know, like right. you're 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 watching a film which exists in the fourth dimension of time but it's almost kind of pulling you back into the third dimension of just space, you know, where you're just sitting there looking at space and it's timeless. Um so I really I really dig that part of it and, you know, yeah, like I, I like blurring the lines between art forms, you know, and yeah, things like that where
1: music that tries to to sit still instead of moving forward and, you know, like that. So it's kind of like the narrative experience of the film comes from having watched it with somebody new, and then the narrative becomes how you guys talk about it post-watching it.
3: Kind of. It, it can, but I, I almost don't... I don't necessarily need that, because it is kind of... Um, I don't know, I guess it's the idea of, like, sharing, you know? And I I think there are some things, too, that I, I've, I've found where it's like um i don't want to talk about stuff right after sometimes because it's like i i need this to sit with me and not have sort of other people's opinions kind of affect that at, at first you know like i you know we we'll want to talk about it later but um so it's not necessarily like I, <laughs> I i hope that i when i do watch it with someone i'm not putting the pressure of tell me what you thought of it <laughs> you know and, and kind of you know making them kind of break out of whatever you know gears are still turning in their their own head um but you know it's i, I feel like i do I do want to share the things that I feel like made some sort of even subtle impact on me, and be like, maybe these would impact other people in a in a similar way, um, and they may not have known about this thing, you know, and um, you know, and I <laughs> for a while I felt like that with the Matrix, but I, I get what you're saying too because I realize that part of why I love that film, and I know that I can't necessarily recreate this for other people, is that it was the first film that like blew my mind. You know, which I know isn't saying much. Like now, looking back on, and be like, "Oh, I've seen all these other films," and it's like, "Yeah, but back in the late yeah, 1900s, you doesn't take away you know, any of you know, the impact."
0: Take, yeah, doesn't take away any of the impact that there are have been better things since. That's what we we're mm. saying about it's what was first. Yeah, that's what's important.
3: Yeah, yeah. but I mean, but, but like you will never have that impact because you, it's not your first movie. Yeah, not movie, from a like matrix, matrix your, no. from, from your mind. Else, Right, but, right. Yes. So, yeah. and that's that's sort of what I understand too. Is like I don't expect people to have that, that same reaction but, but I mean, and that's what's kind of cool about a movie like Karnascozzi because unless you've seen a lot of movies like it that may be your first, that may be this kind of like connection that's now made and, you know, oh I want to see other stuff like that or, or yeah, there is nothing exactly like that or I want to see the other parts of the trilogy you know, which um, I, I don't think are as good, um, but I also haven't seen them as often um, I think I've seen each of them. I think I saw part two twice and part three only once. Um,
1: I've definitely only seen the third one once. Mm-hmm.
3: It's it's yeah, it's a lot
1: harder to watch, obviously. But um, does it have a Casino Royale Quantum of Solace thing where if you watch them back to back, it's better two and three? Um, well, uh, in in my impression, that's a loaded question yeah. showing yeah. my opinion of certain Bond films. Yeah. We'll get that's, to that that's later. That's for our next episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bond is the next episode. <laughs>
3: Um, I mean, one of the things about Part Two, which was—I forget the Powakatsi, I think—which um, is life in transition. I oh, there's
1: there's sequels to
3: this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I didn't. Oh, you were, you were talking, about, about, the no, oh, sorry. Sorry. talking made, about the Matrix. No, I was talking about the Matrix. I was
0: admittedly shocked, Joel, when you said you don't, you've seen the third one at right. all. Oh like, no, I. You didn't tell us we only watched. I would
1: have had a lot more to talk about had I seen. I didn't know that there were there. It was oh, a trilogy. Yeah,
0: Pawekatsi
3: Pawekatsi and Nakoi Katsi, which, uh, yeah, so Pawakatsi is life in transition. So it's kind of got this, like, you know, instead of out of balance, it's like, oh, it's a transition. It's transitioning towards something. And there's a lot, there are a lot more scenes of, of people doing things. Um, so it, it kind of reminded me, like, they took a portion of Koyaanis and then just stretched that out into a, its own film. You know, kind of people doing repetitive things. From what I remember, you didn't get as much of, like, well, here's beautiful nature and scenery, and then here's people doing things. It was, like, mostly people doing things and kind of showing, I think, maybe, like, sort of the progression of culture and the types of repetitive things that we do. Katsi, which is life at war or life of war, Um, I I feel like it was made a lot later. Like, there was a bigger gap between 2 and 3 than 1 and 2. Wikipedia tells us...
0: The second one was 1988,
3: and the third was 2002. Yeah. Oh wow. So it was very. It was a lot more. You definitely got this, like, at times almost sort of remind me of like David Lynch, where you're kind of being shown these images that are kind of supposed to make you uncomfortable mm-hmm. and disturbed, and the music was like, what I remember, a lot heavier, a lot more electronic, a lot more. Um. You know. You know. It's war. It's like not supposed to be enjoyable. You know.
1: Were they all scored by Philip Glass? I believe
0: so. Third one was. Mm-hmm. And let me tab over real quick. Mm, yes. Also. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So yes. Sorry I, get,
1: no, sorry. I was just so used to us talking about the Matrix. Yeah, I just
3: yeah, assumed no. that's where we that's, were going. That's my bad. <laughs> we can so, t- yeah, talk about the Matrix
1: sequel some other
3: time. Yeah. <laughs> we
0: had a camera when Joel, you would have all seen my eyes just expand about 10 times in size when Joel said he Yeah, I've seen, seen the third one. Holy Whoa. shit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: so, Scott, you said you had the most to say about this one. Um,
0: uh, sure. I <laughs> say all the things. Say yeah, all the I things we, we to time. I, I wanna mention the subtitling, for sure. Because we talked about subtitling in the podcast. <laughs> then we packed up all our stuff <laughs> and like, then never the subtitles. The subtitles because <laughs> we, I, we were watching we it for, for like, like no, ages. speculating about
3: oh are the subtitles <laughs> <So> this. <laughs> is it for the hearing impaired? It turns so out there the are, are no subtitles. Videos.
0: In the sense that the film is not subtitled all the way through. We mentioned music notes or right. audio descriptors. None of, no, of that. The only options are French and Spanish. There's no English, because it's only for the text, which appears on the screen at the end. The accommodation is not for the deaf community, it is for foreign languages. The, the bit at the end where they display the definition of Kriana mm. Scots, that is that is are displayed in Spanish or in yeah. French. Well, that's it. <laughs> but that is really interesting, because as I, I think I mentioned during the episode, the, the sound is essentially half the film. Yeah because yeah. there's no dialogue mm-hmm. to take in the sound itself, the, what the hearing, if you will, is about half the experience of the film.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So not having that, and then also not having any kind of description of that to, to say that you're deaf and you're reading, you know, instead of having the usual door slams or gunshot goes off or mm-hmm. whatever other descriptors mm-hmm. might be in there, there's nothing we kind it's of just become this visual cacophony which i think just it's a completely different film yeah. it has to be right mm-hmm. by inherently and then i guess if you were if you were say deaf and you were living without sound at all it wouldn't be any more unusual a film i think than for the rest of us that's interesting because yeah. it's it's still you, know, you come from different baselines I and mean, starting points right. but regardless it just it would be such a completely different experience and I wonder whether they didn't try to do that because it was the 80s and no one thought to or not even because it was the 80s just in Mm -hmm. general because no one thought to maybe Mm -hmm. dialogue was the only thing that was ever subtitled at the time I don't know or because there was a conscious decision that taking the audio and reducing it to written word would change the experience that's interesting Mm. I have to wonder what was going on there I'm sure that's one of those
1: things. Like, if the director hadn't thought of it, he would claim it as, "Oh,
3: yep, that
0: works." (laughs) (laughs) I do that a
1: lot. Well, then
3: again, because of the time period, like we didn't have DVDs, we could turn subtitles on and off. It wouldn't be an
1: option in the theater or that kind of thing, right? right?
3: I mean, unless they, you know, someone specifically requested, you know, a, a, a hearing impaired version and said, "Okay, I want you to add," you know descriptions of what's going on to this but it wouldn't have been yeah something that's like oh yeah it's an option let's throw that in there with the other options that right. we have it's like no this is your vhs tape and that's all it does but yeah. don't some tvs i guess you would have it would have to be
2: programmed More modern, into it even yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. it subtitling typically happens at the at the production level okay where someone i i don't know the proper details right. but someone mm-hmm. takes i guess a script or a finished version, or what have you, and make something specific for the film, mm-hmm. like *Pan's Labyrinth*. The English subtitles were done by Guillermo del Toro, nice. particularly. I don't, I, not, they don't always take such a personal control of that sort of thing. But if you just turn your TV subtitles on, and then go watch the news. There's software there; it's just doing its best. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's broadcast by the TV companies. Right. Right. Yeah. That's but, so, yeah. You know, it's it's not always. If it's a, if it's the first one where it's software. It's about as useful as a lot of predictive text software is. It's not always great.
1: It's interesting. I had a subtitle experience this last weekend. Tina and I watched... Tina's my girlfriend. Um, we watched um, Ocean's Eleven yeah. with the subs on. And it's like they're really poorly done. Really? And there's none of, like, kind of the... It seems like they gave them, like, a really rough script of what people were supposed to say.
0: Oh, man.
1: And just didn't didn't have any of the nuance or any of, like, kind of the colloquialism mm-hmm. stuff that, I mean, that, that movie is really, really well written dialogue-wise. It, and, and
2: delivered, it, yeah, staged, yeah. timed, etc. The, yeah. whole,
0: the whole... The whole communicative package. Yeah, and it was just—it well was
1: really disjointed to see those words up. It's like that's—that's that's not how he said that. That I mean, it just kind of <laughs> made something smooth rough for no reason. Right.
0: That's interesting.
1: I mean, it's an older form DVD, so it sure. might have been just kind of like the limitations of because it's the four pack you get at Target for ten bucks or whatever, mm-hmm. which sure. I will have to replace because I've watched that trilogy over and over and over <laughs> and over. Um, But just interesting that that seems to be a an aspect of film now that's becoming more and more refined.
0: Yeah, and that's not just on the part of the studios. It's definitely in a large part due to the deaf community lobbying, lobbying Mm -hmm. film studios Uh for sure. And
2: rightly so. I mean, oh, of course, certainly,
0: absolutely. I remember my father who used to work in the industry was talking to me about that sort of thing. There was a segment of his time where he worked with the... I... for the record I don't know what the inoffensive proper terms are here. I apologize if I'm saying anything weird uh, with the deaf and the blind lobbies. Or should I say hearing and visual Mm -hmm. impaired? I don't know, I'm sorry. And he talked about the, the different requests they make and the negotiations with the studios and all. And it was fascinating to me that he mentioned that the... It's all uh, Relatively It's relatively easy For the deaf community to get subtitling Especially more and more as time goes on Mm -hmm. Because as I said You just need someone to sit down and type it out Whack it out And then an edit of sorts A post-processing where the subtitles appear And that's all It's not that that's necessarily Just snap your fingers and it's done But it is much easier Than facilitating descriptive audio for uh, the the blind film, mm-hmm. mov, film guard, movie are mm. because scriptive audio is not like an audio book. I think I did mention this at some point, maybe during mm. our Dragon Lord discussion about subtitles uh-huh. and dubs. Yeah. Where uh, last one I remember watching with scriptive audio was out of interest was actually Zootopia. Really, uh, I just watched a chunk of it. Great and movie. And she's getting on the train, uh-huh. and it's there's an actual voice person who's speaking. Judy Hopps enters the train and climbs up into the observation deck. Uh, you know, takes out her music, portable music player, skims through to a song called, whatever the name of the song is, by the artist Gazelle, and so the song begins <laughs> playing as the train moves past several serene landscapes. It, you know what I mean? That's why I sort of very roughly correlate it with audiobooks in a way. Yeah. Sure. It's a hard, not really accurate, but I think it's an analogy that helps. Yeah, And that takes a lot more time, money, and yeah. effort right. than just subtitling does. And... As you mentioned, we've seen a lot of success with the, the, the lobbying for subtitling. That's gotten better and better and yeah. better. But I have no idea what's going on with descriptive audio as it happens. Hmm. It is not surprising to me that Disney had descriptive audio because yeah. out of all the places with spare resources on hand yeah, right. to do that sort of thing, you know, Disney's one of them. But I certainly would not expect descriptive audio for Karganis Even for Dragon Lord, just because they're so old. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think there's necessarily... I think it would be difficult to convince yeah, studios yeah. and rights owners to go back and do that sort of thing yeah. for older films.
1: It'd be interesting to hear descriptive audio for a kung fu film.
0: Ah, for the choreography. Because yes, that would be that very would be difficult be very to. Con-
1: I mean, it. It. I feel like the comedy would come through describing Jackie using this bench as a. a, a, a sure. A weapon, or oh, sure, falling it back be into too
0: horribly different from the speaking your way through a Charlie Chaplin bit, almost. Yeah, that's There's fair. There's a pacing about it. But yeah. what about Ip Man's fight in his first film with the ten karate students? Yeah. That is just so fast. Yeah. How do you keep up? Y- just speaking, you know, even if I'm just narrating not in a way that is in any way satisfactory for a descriptive audio track, if I'm just as quickly as I can just saying, here's what's happening to mm-hmm. some guy in the next room, that I couldn't keep up. Yeah. So.
1: It's kind of, I mean, it, it's reminded me of kind of... Um, at Comic Con, I saw a lot of uh, they had ASL translators mm-hmm. for a lot of the panels, and oh, seeing that's great. that con- yeah, it was great for Kevin Conroy's panel. There was they had two, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. They had one for the the uh, interviewer and then the uh, interviewee, and it was just it, it was interesting to see because you can see her mouthing the words as after Kevin said it, so she's doing it on the fly. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting that they we're seeing more and more of that provided. But it's kind of this this art form where you're conveying information um, on the fly yeah. about this kind of visual auditory experience.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Translation in general is just really interesting. In film, whether it's subtitling or dubbing or, or anything, just from one language to another, foreign or otherwise, just because translation itself is interesting because there's... What I like to call the dictionary translation, where you just change the words, yeah. and then there's—I'm uh, probably really mixing up terms, he, terms here—but the difference between translation and interpretation. Yep. No, that's mm-hmm. that's definitely yeah, a thing. Where I, I can say, well, the cat's out of the bag now, and the translator translating my speech into Spanish can literally say, you know, el gato no es and uh, you know literally the words for the cat is not in the bag. And unless that's also a phrase that the listener, yeah. Spanish listener, is familiar with, mm-hmm. that makes no sense. Right. So the translator doesn't, isn't going to say that necessarily. Instead, they're going to convey the meaning. You know, and films have that problem too. Yeah.
1: it's interesting. With Quentin Scarsy, I said it again, and I didn't butcher it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the lines that we get at the end are translations of a Hopi. Oh yeah. So what we're seeing is in fact House a translation factory was that translation? Right, and we then don't know. when with the subtitles, are they translating the English oh, or are they translating Hopi? It's a very int- like a good conveying point. meaning across these three languages, right? Because mm-hmm. that's that's how they presented sure. it. It's an interesting
0: that's really interesting because if and I don't know off the top of my head where geographically the Hopi language people of the Hopi language were located, but some languages, it's very hard, nearly impossible to directly translate certain things. Just modern languages, from, say, Japanese to German to English, still Mm -hmm. phrases or words that just don't.
2: You
0: know, how much of these older languages that were in certain geographic regions only translate to languages that took over those regions? So did they have no choice but to go to English first?
2: Mm -hmm. I
0: I don't know. Of course, the Spanish... Had a lot of investment in the new world mm. so I, I mean that's not necessarily the best example but
2: yeah yeah that's that's really interesting that is
0: really interesting, I just say. I still feel kind of dumb that we didn't even check the subtitle menu <laughs> until we packed everything up. <laughs> because it would have been so simple to just hit the button again and go,
2: oh, so we just checked the subtitles and, yeah, 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 nope. so so said we it. we, Oh, yeah. it's in the bag. Whatever, we'll cover it in the recap.
1: <laughs> and that's yeah. the thing, we, we're typing away looking at Wikipedia and IMDb for clarifying details. In the, the this was sitting <laughs> in, the, in the player. <laughs> oh, Our wow. primary text was right in front of
0: us. Mm-hmm. So I have another few points. Yeah. I'll start with the shorter one anyway, just because <laughs> I wrote here a bullet point. And I actually am having trouble remembering why, and I'm hoping it'll come <laughs> back to as I explain it to you. <laughs> the bullet point says, William Gibson, from A to C by way of B. And that comes from a YouTube video I watched God, ages ago now. Um, PBS Idea channel, I think? I- I'm not sure. Okay. And they were talking about sci-fi. Right, and, uh, predictive yeah
1: you were talking technology. about this in the last yeah. episode about the fact he was talking about you were talking about yeah, sci-fi
0: clean, and the ability to near future and then yeah. he was traveling to a far future yeah. and seeing koianis katsi as a time portal to the time period it was made was mm-hmm. really interesting
1: like a time capsule a capsule thank okay. you That's yeah. The, yeah. portal i was thinking time
0: video games
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, that, that that was just fascinating mm-hmm. because there were lots of things there that we can like, like when you oh you know we thought we thought the H rack would be the future oh ha ha but some of them weren't so laughable mm-hmm. some of them were things that even now I look at them and go oh that was smart it just didn't work out for one reason or another things changed some unexpected new development what mm-hmm. have you but that was just so interesting seeing this other time period just as it was not as it's portrayed mm. yeah, in they, a film, in a period piece of sorts. Right. Where they have to make concessions to the film, practical and whatnot. I wonder if that's what a
1: tone poem could be. Like, you could you could describe a tone poem as a time capsule.
0: Intentionally or not, I think they are. Yeah. Whether that's the purpose or not is something else.
3: I mean, a tone poem is just a story told with music. Gotcha. So, I mean, like... And I, I think the whole th- issue with this is that the visual tone uh-huh. poem is a different... There form. were air okay. quotes. Let, yeah. let, oh, air, let, yeah, let record the record show. On yeah. <laughs> well, the word visual. <laughs> so, like, yeah, tone poems like, like um, uh, Thank you uh, Don Quixote by, by right. Strauss, oh, yeah. where it tells the story of Don Quixote, but there's no narration, there's no, like, action on stage. It's just pure music. Mm-hmm. But there's a narrative that, running but... through, the, through the music.
0: Let me so, so clarify and broaden, then that films such as visual tone poems... That just record what's in front of them. I I don't know if I want to include documentaries in that. Yeah, they, it's they, difficult they, they, to yeah. remain hands off. Correct. Even if you intend to films like this, where it's a here's a camera, it's going to sit here, it's going to film what happens in front of it. Yeah. End of sentence. Whether they're visual tone poems or not. Yeah. Whatever the intention is, films of that kind, again, whatever their purpose was or wasn't, become time capsules mm-hmm. of themselves. It's something that strikes me every so often when I see an older film that so many things that were predicted personal communicators or touchscreens or what have you
2: Star Trek sure <laughs> a, a lot of the,
0: <laughs> yes exactly a lot of things I've lost it now I can't remember but sorry yeah. no no I, not not because of you I just, it's gone I, was it wireless no one quite predicted how few wires we'd have in our lives that's true but a lot of things the wires yeah. were just integrated or hidden or gone away yeah even a lot of, science, a lot of
1: modern furniture still pre- presumes mm-hmm. upon the wire. Sure. I'm thinking about desks that, like, have oh, these yeah. built-in things. Right, that yeah.
0: And we, all, we always constantly go, oh, well, that'll be gone in ten years. Yeah.
2: Even <laughs> <And laughs> I mean, that, as we're speaking, my my
1: laptop is plugged into <laughs> it. When we said, okay, this is a laptop, you'll be able to use it forever. It yeah. lasts mm-hmm. for an hour and a
0: half. And that, that was what really struck me about the extrapolating the far future based on a plausible near future. But sometimes there are things that are just so completely against expectations that it entirely shits what's plausible and what isn't. And watching Koyaanisqatsi was really revealing about mm. that. About what we thought was plausible at the time. Not anything that the film was trying to say or show but that it happened to. Arcade cabinets or computers or the machines that we just happened to see in frame mm. just made me think about that about some of these things we're still using slightly changed, and some of them have changed the way we assumed they would. You know, we saw a couple of sort of advertisements in the backgrounds or what have you and those advertisements talked about the way of the future, and sometimes they were right, and then sometimes they weren't. Mm -hmm. And it struck me that I would probably never have predicted one way or the other for most of that. You know, the things that a lot of people like to talk about the 50s. Oh, you know, oh, yes, the, the world's fair sort of voice about the home <laughs> of the future. Right? Surprising to me as much, how much we got right is as surprising as how much we got wrong. Mm-hmm. Makes me very excited for our future. <laughs> because there's so much that we can imagine that's really cool. Some of it's going to be right. Yeah. Not yeah. all of it, but some of it. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be
1: inter- cool. It's, it's interesting what we talked about last time about the, uh, the way The way we we're looking forward has a lot to do with looking back mm-hmm. I think the the idea of our projected future is kind of a little stunted now just because we're we're looking back so much um mm-hmm. but no, they it, it is exciting to think well i mean we we have data pads like to have a tablet thing that's no wires, you can stream content over the you could mm-hmm. You could FaceTime with somebody across the ocean on this thing that has no wires, and it's right. in front of you, and it's this crystal. Screen. When I
0: was studying abroad, Amazing. I was getting ready to go to class, and my—I think I had Gmail open because Hangouts lit up, mm-hmm. and it was my friends from Denver who were in Australia calling me in Spain, and a friend in the UK, and our friend in Honduras. By accident. They only meant to call, like, one person. one uh-huh. just lumped us all in. And there was a brief moment where we were all on. I had to go to class, so I had to say bye really quickly. But, man, walking to class that day, I thought, wow, that was cool.
2: <laughs> the future is now. Yeah, we made really. it.
0: <laughs> it's the, my computer, which I use for games and Microsoft Word and email and etc. A lot of the mundane things that we've been using for years for for a long time could, at the push of a button, suddenly do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a dip, boom. boom right. Not even at my behest, the behest of someone in Australia yeah. <laughs> So that was, that was impressive That was certainly impressive The other thing, I'm, last thing I have written down on my little notes of things Notes that I've been keeping since we finished the episode Was something you hushed on a little bit today again, Tim And this could be about everything here But Kriana Scatsi in particular brought it up I have this written in quotes. I'm pretty sure you're the one, Tim, who said it last episode. The, the the phrase of art as a mirror where you see yourself in it. Well, my follow-up was, how much control does the creator have, then, over his art?
1: Death of the author, man.
2: <laughs> That's saying, my response to that. <laughs> yeah, overseeing <we're There's>... saying <laughs> what, what the art is and what
0: it means and whatnot. Because Kalani Katsi particularly seems intended to change based on the viewer. But we are meant to have a part of it. mm but you could argue that other things change just as much, even when that wasn't necessarily the intention. Oh yeah. You know, if a paint a painter makes a painting and they want to convey something particular, there's no guarantee that all people will see their painting are right. gonna feel that.
1: Right. And it, it's interesting you had talked about last uh, Tim, about Philip Glass's minimalist not agenda, and he would probably like dislike me calling him a minimalist, right. but the idea that it's music for music's sake. Right? Uh, well, that, that's I mean, th- the term for that is more
3: absolute music. Okay. Like Mozart, unless you're talking about his operas, a lot of that with like a symphony is absolute music. It's like not meant to tell a story. It's meant to be like hear a bunch of notes interacting in rhythms and harmony, and you're gonna recognize this later, and we're gonna do this in a different key. So it's it's all about the structure of the music, um, but not as opposed to something like um, yeah, like a tone poem, where it's like this piece of music by itself is supposed to tell the story of Don Quixote. Mm-hmm. Um, That's Strauss, you said. I believe so. I'm like 99% sure. Okay. I might, yeah. I'm looking at that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, and it's one of those things, uh, I think the, the, the creator can try to have, the artist can try to have control over that in terms of studying, like, psychology and understanding like these types of sounds will probably make people feel a certain way but i think a lot of that also has to do with their previous experiences um you know like if and and i've seen this happen with with a lot of people where you know they might listen to something by mozart and they will start telling their own story like my mother's done this before where she's like oh he lost his dog and now he's sad but oh he went looking in the woods and now he found his dog so he's happy and it's like Mozart did not intend any of that Mm -hmm. like he was sitting there at the piano just being like hey look how good I am I can write all this stuff and okay I'm bored with this let me do something new you know but you know that that's sort of the, I think, the great thing about art. And it took me a while as a composer to accept that, too. It's like, no, I want people to get it!
2: I want them to get what I'm trying to
3: say! And, you know, maturity comes, and you're like, that's not my job. You know, my my job is to create a mirror for them to see themselves in. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's an amazing speech in uh, at the end of The Fountainhead um, where Howard Rourke is, he's on trial, and he's I forget what what kind of sets this up but he's basically Every saying So
0: episode I keep track of the people I've alienated by admitting the things I've watched or read oh there's you just tossed the fountain head in there. Welcome to the club, Tim. <laughs> Thank you. See, I, I I mean Sorry, please continue. I'm yeah. still universal. The well, see see
3: here's what I want to know to A bunch of people who are very against Ayn Rand, like how much of her stuff have you actually read? That's that's uh, one of the things I want to ask people when uh, they Tim's immediately have that reaction of like, oh blah 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 and they, they immediately associate her with a Send certain your group angry of people and, and then <laughs> no to the address but, one
0: two three four, this is Tim's address. Yeah. <laughs> totally legit street. <laughs> But, <laughs> dot uh, Avenue. Dot but, Avenue. Yeah, but it's a mixture of a web address and a real address. I'm sorry. Well, anyway.
3: So, um, so, well, and real quick, for those of you who haven't read The Fountainhead, it's about this architect who's basically like, he's all about integrity. He's all about, I'm going to do my stuff my way. And people, basically, most of the conflict throughout the story is people trying to, like, get him to sell out. To be like, I will, you know, I will buy your design. I will pay you so much. You are set for life. But I want to be the last person to have a Howard Rourke design building. And you're going to do it my way. And then you're never going to do a building. And he's just like, no, screw you. Like, no, I'm not. I do things my way. and And he ends up working in like a rock quarry when he's not making money as an architect. Because rather than sell out and... Do architecture the way that will make him more successful. He sticks to his guns on how he wants to do it, Mm -hmm. and you know does other jobs. Which you know for for a long time he's been like an inspiration of mine. Like yes, integrity, and I'm now like I'm screw it. I will gladly sell out if you want (laughs) to hire me to write stupid jingles and give me money for it. I will fucking do it. I have lost (laughs) all sense of pride. But anyway, there's this great speech at the end
0: where he's. He's basically, would you work at Blockbuster again? If you had I to? would love to work at Blockbuster. Again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right.
3: So there's, there's this speech where he's basically saying how you know if I enjoy a piece of music by a composer, I don't enjoy that piece of music because I told that composer how I want him to write it. I enjoy it because he wrote that the way you know he felt it should be written. And if he had been influenced by any other things, I may not like that piece of music because it's not what it ended up being because mm-hmm. he wrote it the way he wanted to write it. Yeah. And I don't mean to be so gender-specific. It was just the way he was saying He was referring to a composer as, as a he, but it could be mm-hmm.
0: a, any right. the, person, you know, the gender, composer,
3: sex, writer. you know, whatever. Any composer, any artist who creates something... Kanan Kodos
0: from The Simpsons, right? Two elegance. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah, Simpsons. yeah. Canon codes No, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. So, Reference, so is the, you there know, fallen flat in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just add another tick to that
1: box. <laughs> <laughs> Scott two. Everybody else zero. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm doing better than usual. <laughs> so anyway. So so, so yeah, yeah. So the, it's almost like yeah. a happening upon the artwork instead of kind of like these are the parameters under which you are going to appreciate this thing because right. you've orchestrated it that way, it's here's this thing that exists separate from the We've consumer we come back
0: to the idea that the way we naturally encounter things adds value to them, yeah which you were talking about before, about mm-hmm. my attachment to Brawl Jam because my dad listened to it Right. lack of attachment some of the 80's films that get recommended because I don't have the, the discovery you, you said about something about the way we come into them, mm-hmm. because they existed in themselves, right, without our influence, yeah, is important. Gives mm-hmm. value, and the, I mean, and
3: actually, ooh, this might be like this that. this topic might come back if we ever watch the the the, the film Pollock, the uh, the film about when by, by we our, when watch you're Pollocks. right when we watch Pollock, is you know without giving too much away, but it goes into how when he started being observed and they were making documentaries about him painting and they started like dictating like no stand over here more oh wait do some over here i want to get a shot of this over here and it started like ruining him like it yeah. would like the the paintings weren't the same they they were more forced because he wasn't doing what he felt like he should be doing and expressing himself it was being dictated
0: by this director right. and um
3: you know so so it's that sort of thing the the integrity of just different you know you input
0: would, gets different output yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, and that the whole with the, the quantum physics thing with the the observer, you know, like Schrodinger's cat could be part of that. You know, like you know, if the cat, what if it's up to the cat to decide whether he's dead or not? <laughs> you know, like you know, um,
1: that no, that's not a good comparison. Never mind. But um, <laughs> well, no, it's but, it's the idea that something observed is automatically influenced the, by the right. fact that it's the being observing observed. alters
0: the thing. Yeah. Yes, so yes, it was
3: a good
1: comparison.
3: Yes, indeed. And we observed it, so it was worth observing. Right. <laughs> But, so, yeah, so that's, that's that, like I said, that's been a long <laughs> just Scott's brain exploded again. <laughs> it just <melted> my brain.
1: <laughs> <sighs> it's like cool. something it college. I, I took a lot of philosophy courses in my undergrad. Because, uh, it so much. <laughs> oh, it does. But I, I got into a very heated argument with Zeke, who's another contributing writer on Nerds that Geek. Um, I, I was insisting on the fact that because a salt shaker had a perspective from which it could perceive things. It was as likely that it could that I was perceiving it. And I'm going to cut this because it's not palatable at all. I thought what you were going to say is, is a
2: salt shaker still a salt
1: shaker if you fill it with pepper?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's got an S on it. You can can tell by the whole configuration. I'm going to go get... Of one of the bottles of liquor from my kitchen and <laughs> you stop me when that sentence makes sense. <laughs> okay? Just,
1: I'm going to try and dig myself out of this philosophical hole that I've <laughs> dug us I mean, Just the idea that an object with potential for perception is as likely to perceive as me talking about it. Because I can't perceive things from the perspective of a salt shaker doesn't mean that it's not perceiving things.
0: Just because um, we can't... Occupy we that can't, space. Just because we can't experience that perceptive, perception firsthand. I feel like this needs a lot more like illicit substances to exist. be... <laughs> just because I can never be my dog. Experience his life doesn't mean the dog doesn't have life correct and experience. Yeah, okay.
2: yeah. it's, it's it,
1: a very it's it's a Rene Descartes idea that is it like a fancy way of saying just because I mean, we can't Descartes. see wind doesn't mean that wind doesn't exist. Are you quoting Are
3: Small like, Soldiers right now? Maybe because that's amazing. <laughs> small Soldiers have,
1: is amazing. I have seen that film. <laughs> um, Sorry, I I took us on a really trippy dippy place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through my new wave era.
0: Yeah. Wobbly, timey yeah. <laughs> She's going to be a girl!
2: Oh, yes. The, the doctor,
0: doctor is going to uh, be female. Joel dated the podcast again! <laughs> <laughs>
2: Finally!
1: It's a good thing to date it. It's I been could, too I, long.
0: Yeah. I will not disagree with that at all. In fact, I mm-hmm. will agree.
3: <laughs> People listening to this from years from now will be
1: like, yeah, the past five to seven They've all been yeah, women. Like, what, what are you, you talking, talking about?
3: about?
0: <laughs> BBC mm-hmm. raised
1: the tapes of the old ones again.
0: <laughs> that old joke about, like, bullet points of years, you know, it says, like, When's our next presidential election? 2020.
1: 2020.
0: I, this was from, like, 10 years ago, and I saw it. I just remember the years were roughly... and yeah, 2020, you know, first, you know, whatever, female president. Twenty, uh, 24, I can add, I swear. <laughs> 2024, you know, uh, first, you know, mixed race, 2020, whatever. You know, first this, first openly gay, first robot. And then it jumps to, like... 3250, first boring white guy in forever. <laughs> like, just, same thing with the, with the doctor. You'll be like, what, women doctor? That's not unusual. <laughs> like, I mean, we're, we're our own time capsule. <laughs> yeah, remember when that was a
3: thing that you had to get excited about when it's like, oh, my God, for the first time in a long time, it hasn't been a white dude. Like, That's, yeah, it's, it's sad that that's like dating stuff. I mean, I guess it's like any time capsule like you could look back and be like wow like this is this is all we had at this point but damn it we had it what a cultural wasteland that
1: was (laughs) damn if we didn't
3: love it
0: I did recall a couple days ago those time capsules you may or may not have done in school where Uh you're supposed to contribute stuff and they bury them somewhere yeah I can't remember how many of those I may or may not have participated in. Uh-huh. Where they may or may not have been buried. When they were supposed to be dug up. <laughs> right? I don't know if I'll be contacted or if I'll have to like <laughs> read my local paper, assuming it still exists when they dig the thing up. I don't know. I just those were supposed to be this big deal. And I, you know, it's you.
1: these things that they would end up excavating when they've tore down the school to build something
2: else. Yeah. Like
1: it never. Uh, there was just such a belief in longevity at that point. You know, it was like this school is going to stand forever, mm-hmm. and in twenty years we're going to pull this up, and it's going to be significant. Because money yes.
0: in some places, really, don't have the money; they're going to have no choice but to use that school for a hundred years. Right? <laughs> but, That's um, fair. That's fair. But I just wonder now how much of that was for the students? Yeah, to it's just that <laughs> this show, placebo, that beautiful perspective right. of the future. How much they didn't even bury
1: like it; they just put yeah. it in storage somewhere.
3: Yeah, it's,
0: it's, I think there's a mul- I think there are a multitude of Simpsons jokes regarding
2: this. <laughs> Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. You can't really tell the kids the truth. Twenty years from now, someone's gonna think all this garbage is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that person? It's gonna be you. <laughs> it's gonna be your kid. And they'd be like,
1: Dad, you're, Every, when you're a everything kid, everything you
0: hold in your hands is the next Zoom, guys. I don't <laughs> oh, know oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's the next underappreciated. Shots fired. <laughs> no, Shots fired in, in a, way a way war that's long appreciates over. It now, <laughs> even though it's gone, that's what we mean. We tell the kids it's gonna be like the Zoom. Well, they appreciate it. Only once it's old, you know, (laughs) when in reality it's going to be more like the uh, thing I can't remember because we don't remember it. (laughs) True. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: Poor Zune, poor Macintosh. Um, No, not Macintosh.
3: It would have been Microsoft. You
2: You,
3: know what I wonder, too? I almost feel like, are time capsules obsolete? Because I feel like, you know, maybe back in the day when, when things weren't...
2: Because like preserved, right? So like many things like as we could just, happen. yeah,
3: we could be like, "What was some stuff that was cool 50 years ago?" And it would list like the four things, and be like, "Okay, I know that now." You know, yeah. like, I mean, I guess there is more of a personal thing to it, where it's like, "This is what I thought was important at the time," and you put it in. See, but now we have
1: Facebook forcing kind of these time capsule back yeah. or posts up. It's like, mm-hmm. here's something that you th- should think is cool because it was on this day. Yeah. I
3: was, now, Facebook. now I'm thinking about the Parks and Rec episode where they're doing the time capsule. <laughs> they're arguing over what to put in it. And The guy wants like the, the uh, Twilight books. That guy wants like his cat's ashes put in there.
0: <laughs> we have ended up far from where we started. We, yeah. we did. Um,
1: um, I was going to ask. you uh, anybody have any situational movie recommendations for this week? Because I have a good one. If nobody else, has I, I have console. a good
3: one. I haven't gone
1: yet. Yeah, no,
3: no. Wait, wait. I feel like I haven't gone yet. No, no. I feel like this has come up. Maybe it was when we were talking about maybe doing it at Comic Con. Okay. What What's a good movie that you guys like to put on if you're gonna like try to get your swerve on? You know, like (laughs) whether you're either trying (laughs) to set a move. If you're either trying to set a move. Or like you know like you date in the podcast, Get your swerve on. Know, it's true, that was a word when I was in my undergrad. Was, was that a black uh, blockbuster? Uh, no, that, block? that was pre-blockbuster. <laughs> that was like like ninety six, ninety seven.
0: So like phones still had cords, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, and,
3: like they were
1: attached to your house. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the the modern equivalent, which will also date this pop, is the the Netflix and chill content that you put on. Okay, yeah, when you're trying. to... Get your swerve on! Yes, yeah, God, I can't (sighs) believe I just... It was so natural too. (laughs) You didn't even hesitate. I am so happy that that is documented forever. This is our time capsule. (laughs)
0: What uh, kind of strange reality pocket are we in here? <laughs> dimension of self-fulfillment. Scott's like, fuck you guys, get out of my house. You're creeping me out. <laughs> is, I thought this was an apartment. Is this a house now? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what a um, question. Uh, That's a good one, tanlo Excellent. Excellent. I, I
1: know <laughs> the movies I put on where it hasn't worked. <laughs>
3: Ooh,
2: Which is another it could, week. Could, the, yeah. It's another
1: week. Um... Scott's gone over to look at his collection, <laughs> you have to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> and notice like his was going to come from the discs. It's not anything on Netflix. Right. He's trying to contextualize. <laughs> Mine were
2: VHS, bitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, my VHS films were and
2: are still mostly kids movies, so I don't
0: know if it's the right choice to make. Then again, Maybe I don't want nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, the nostalgia would help with
1: that. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean. There's a certain oh I okay I I know what mine would be. Um but there's a, <laughs> there's a certain kind of like you want it to be entertaining and compelling but not in a distracting way. Mm-hmm. And you kind of want the 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 colors of the film to be a certain way. It's like a mood lighting thing mm-hmm. and you want the soundtrack to be solid. Mm-hmm. So there's all these kind of factors um to contribute to the mood. So this, I, I'm, I'm borrowing. This was used upon me, um, oh. <laughs> which is a very strange way. So, if you're using it now, it I was worked, swer- huh? I was swerved upon.
0: <laughs> she swerved into your lane. Oh my god!
1: Oh, uh, underworld. Oh. Oh.
3: Oh, fucking great choice. Right?
1: So like just this this kind of like grungy, dirty, like underground vampire flick with this implied sexuality and it it's dark, it's got kind of undulating metal music behind it. Like the it, it, it it's really good. It's got a great credit sequence. That's another thing. It's mm. like when, when the film is over and there's nothing really to distract you, it becomes a soundtrack mm-hmm. to the swerving. <laughs> um, yeah. That's true. You don't want
3: something that just goes back to the menu and loops like four yeah. seconds of menu's noise. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Underworld is definitely the, the swerve content. Nice.
2: <laughs> swerved upon. <laughs> <laughs> swerved upon. Swerved uh. upon.
0: I, that is a really difficult question um other than so obviously this isn't a situation in which we've have an established relationship and there's something we both like that we just know we, you're not know, about if I'm Trying to pick a film that will do that for me, Mm -hmm. not where we've already established one. Because if you've already established one, you just pick that. Well, it's kind
1: of like it's the modern equivalent of like the record that you would put on and the drink (laughs) you would make, right? It's like this is how to set the mood in a way where it's like, hey, these are things I like that you might like.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. But also not in a creepy way where it's like I feel like yeah, if you just like put on something that's like too obvious. You know, turn the lights off and like, oh hey, look what record just came on by accident. You know, <laughs> let's get it on. It's happen. like, yeah, kind of, yeah, r- exactly. Like yeah. that would be like, you know, no, like that's too much. But like to be like, well, and the way I look at it too, is I I, I have to kind of, uh, I don't know if I call it a double edged sword, but like, okay, if it if it does end up happening, this film has to still be able to function underneath that. But mm-hmm. if it doesn't end up happening, it's like, oh cool, I can still just watch this movie and I'll be happy with, that. you know.
1: Um. Mm-hmm. I we're heard. also like telegraphing if <laughs> <laughs> anybody listens to this, that ends up being in this situation with us, if this movie comes up they're going to know <laughs> <laughs> what is like, anticipated oh, yeah. or <laughs> no, God, this is your swerve film <laughs> We're doing you
0: a favor because you will one day put on one of these films and your date will know what's going on and then they'll say Oh, it was just I was listening to a podcast about, and they were talking about this film as a mood film, and then you'll say, "Oh, I listened to that podcast," and it'll reveal that you both listen to Movie Mumble, and, and we're going to be what? We're to get the, <laughs> this <welcome>. is <laughs> welcome. your your Movie
1: Mumble will be what you put on to get the swerve
2: on. Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> that the, would be counterproductive.
3: <laughs> Be like, that guy, Tim, doesn't say much, but when he does, it sure is stupid. <laughs> the, sound, the sound of my voice has been
0: known to drive people away. <laughs> um,
1: the blockbuster quotes are
0: really doing it for me. <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess I have, a, I have a, a couple, depending on, I guess, the, mood. the beginning mood, okay. if you will. We're learning a lot about each other with this. I like this one oh, a lot, Yeah: Yeah, Tyler an Ocean's film like 12 okay. or 13 yeah. or what have you. Because they're, nice. they're fun. Yeah. yeah. And they're just a little bit stupid, but they're not like gross or weird. But okay. It's just a lot of cool dialogue. Good lots tracks. Of good ac- oh, the music. Yeah. 13, the whole soundtrack is yeah. gold. And, you know, just lighthearted. It feels good yeah. think, at the end of it. Or for something a little more on the serious side, In Time, which is on our that list. That is a good movie. Oh, I'm glad you've seen it. It's on our list. I hope we will see it at some point. I feel like it got overlooked. It didn't deserve to be. It was a... Justin Timberlake and, oh yeah, I, uh, I own that one. Who yeah. else? Uh, who was it? oh, is that oh, I can't I uh, the the one anyway.
3: who was in Mean Girls? Is that that movie? Am I thinking of the right movie? I don't know.
0: I, is it's the, the, the one where the, they have like the time they yes. have left in their life? So they have, wow. yeah. they have a little display on their arm that shows so the time I have they seen run that with too time Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you get paid. You get paid in time. Well, currency is time. Other than being an excuse to set up a lot of time-based puns, it's <laughs> also actually a really good film. Yeah, very inventive. very well done. And that one's also just it's it's fun and it's quick, and it's I have to say I thought the chemistry you know, between the leads was excellent I mean it's always it, good it's to have of, some j t in
1: the mix oh sure yeah. but
0: it's sort of a Bonnie and Clyde almost yeah sort of you know you need to watch heart, it again. you know heart rate increasing yeah you know uh, lip biting sort of chemistry that just felt comfortable yeah. not forced or unforced or whatever it just felt right and Minor spoiler, it has I think it has a good ending too. You don't want a film that's too much of a downer. That's mm-hmm. true. You don't want to watch terribly th- strong emotions in any direction. <laughs> First actually. Planet
1: of the Apes. Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> you, you blew it up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <you>. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you don't know so, that by now. So
2: so yeah. I no, those are I, good. Those <laughs> I, I
0: have although I have had uh, rent used on me.
1: Ooh. Ooh. How did that go? <laughs> I, I <don't, laughs> let's kill dogs for money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well it went with,
0: I, I don't remember whether I've mentioned this on the podcast yet but I've worked and still do sometimes at a theater backstage mm-hmm. uh, I'll actually be going back flying back tomorrow to work on another production for my 10 year anniversary with them oh that's Peter uh, Pan man. yep Sweet. this company nice. does musicals and I've always enjoyed musicals anyway just separate you know film too mm-hmm. not like super obsessively but I, I do I like them I like the sound of music or I loved La La Land you know For as much as that's musical, you know, etc. And um, Rent was one of her favorites. Gotcha. So it was one of those weird combinations of, I do genuinely want you to watch this and see if you enjoy it, but I also just want to make out with
2: you. Okay.
0: And, like, (laughs) she wouldn't mind if she missed it, because you've seen it a thousand times. And you
1: wouldn't mind if you missed it, because making out? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Although, I
2: also
0: admittedly was worried about that, because I was worried that she was going to ask me about the film later. <laughs> okay. Because it was a film she liked so much. Right. You yeah. know, was really one of her favorites. I was sort of almost reluctant to stop watching it because of the responsibility I felt gotcha. to watch the film that she had wanted me to watch so badly. <laughs> you know? O- Ocean's of movies in in time not like that for me. If gotcha. you end up missing them and you go, oh, I didn't see it, I go, eh, that's all right. <laughs> you know? Gotcha. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's, that's the story. Gotcha. So,
1: Tim, if if yours is the Matrix, you're going to be three for frickin' three. Is it? It totally is! It's, it's one of them! It totally <laughs> is! Oh, man! Um, but, um, <laughs> so, see, the answer to all of these is going to be the Matrix. Point, I, not we're not going to trust the gonna, answers anymore. We're just going to skip you. The question
3: is no longer relevant. <laughs> yeah. The answer is the Matrix. So,
1: <laughs>
3: well, there's... Uh, there are a few others, too, and it's yeah, it is, it is really weird, yeah, because it's this very sort of complicated dynamic. We yeah, like, um, and that was sort of my thing with The Matrix is like, okay, like, if nothing happens, then I'm watching the Matrix. You know, <laughs> if something happens, then you know, get my swerve on while I'm watching the Matrix. You know, this <laughs> well, you're this committed to get um, swerve <laughs> <swerver> on t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Movie mumble presents the swerve. Get swerved on. <laughs> oh God, you don't
3: want a t-shirt that's been swerved on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Am I supposed to make a swerving motion with my arm in the air when I reach around your shoulders? Yes. <laughs> you
1: feel the gust of wind
0: before you get there. <sighs> get swerved. Do I change my maneuver if I have anti-lock braking? I <laughs> <laughs> me get to ponder that one. <laughs> so the matrix, and what else? Um, I said it was one. Please rescue so. us. What
3: else? <laughs> well, I was I was, trying to, like, I was matrix, trying to be like I was trying to be like. Okay, Wait should I? Up. I was trying to catch you off guard. You're but I was like, gonna. I didn't <laughs> want to go. I didn't want to go too, too dark. I had, I had an inkling, but I would tell you the thing I was originally going to say, which was going to get like awful booze.
1: No, I want the booze <laughs> now. I can't <laughs> preface it like that. Gonna, well, no, there's too much, I was going to say Schindler's List.
2: <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just to be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so so that's not a real answer. Were no, no, not at all. <laughs> not boy. at all.
3: Yeah.
0: What <laughs> oh. <laughs> did I just say about depressing movies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've just killed the ears of everybody
2: who listens oh on I
1: may not, like I may edit <laughs> that out, but that's going to be for us. Like we're going to have an outtakes episode at some point.
2: We're <sighs>
1: keeping that in, oh but God. then we can we can
3: uh, we can fight club it. Where I actually came up with another example. I was going to say that was like that's too much. I was going to say The Exorcist. I feel like that's also like no, just that's, as that's
0: like a horror film is well established. As a film that can be used to yeah, but promote physical contact, Exorcist
1: is really, really scary. Yeah, like, like that, that's that's true. that's one that's true. Yeah, you don't like, want that's like, too the, scary for me. Like right, you don't <laughs> want the Babadook to try and get you. Right, on. Yeah. You want something. Well, I mean, now that the Babadook is this LGBT icon, that's right. right you yeah. Yeah. That know the branding yeah. thing. It's oh. it's it's a cool uh, thing. Okay. But I'll have to look that up. Would be terrifying to try. <laughs> yeah,
3: but um, shit list. <clears>
2: Uh, wh- <laughs> I'm sorry I
1: know
3: oh. I'm an asshole um, oh, another, so one. <laughs> another one Another that, one that I thought worked really well For a similar reason um, Another film that that Star Wars. On with yeah. Star Wars
1: You know
0: Has Star Wars come up in all? Yes well, like, Yes so of fun. course Yes it was well, my Just let it happen film. Yeah <laughs> And it
1: was my test your gear out film Yeah And, and it's now swerve on so Yeah I I could not yeah. do anything but watch Star Wars you know, if Star Wars is on I'll,
0: I'll give it to you yeah. I'll think that's very it depends on why you're watching them because sometimes I watch Star Wars because I really want to watch Star Wars right. but as I mentioned in that it's the show I put on but I'm sick sometimes it's just nice to have on
2: yeah
1: I, I, I'm, I'm five <coughs> when those go, go on and I have movie. no swerve to give or be <laughs> put upon sure. I'm sure. just like
0: it's, it's, more it's Star Wars classic please classic. <laughs> Cla- quote unquote your classic adventure movie it follows the trope of the hero's journey yeah. You know, good guys and bad guys. It's all established. It's just that nice, comfortable, solid progression, which I think is good mm-hmm. for a, a sword movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. Although this is a, this is sort
3: of a funny. It's it's kind of off the topic, but related. You know, as as far as movies where in case something doesn't happen, <clears throat> um, here's a funny story that happened to me once. So I was hanging out with two of my guy friends and you to have to swerve oh, put upon me. You. No, 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 no,
0: no. You have to swerve across a few extra lanes of traffic to get to the no. <laughs> no, nowhere near as cool as this. So- <laughs> thank you, Joel. All- thank more. you for that high five. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad you appreciated that.
1: I'm sorry, like... None
0: of this is usable.
2: Waiting <laughs> yeah. to make the actual lanes of
0: traffic jokes since <laughs> it's you said
3: so <laughs> it's so perfect. Sorry. Sorry.
1: Um, no, but so
3: yeah, I was hanging out with two guy friends, and one of them, like now you're hanging out with was a guy friend. right, yeah. Okay, the, but this, these were two different guy friends. This wasn't you two. Careful now. No, I know. Careful. I mean, <laughs> <we knew that. laughs> but, so, um, so one of them was dating this this woman, and. Like we we're supposed to hang out, and he was like, "Oh, well, she has two friends, you know, so we're the six of us are going to hang oh, out." Oh, how convenient! And okay. kind of, kind of, you know, sure. kind of like had an idea like, "Oh, you know, I think you'll, you and this one will really oh, get along. Wow. I think you and this one." So it's like get a
1: commute. That's an interesting dynamic. Well,
0: it, uh, uh, hey, it gets we're better. A and let's hook our friends up.
3: Kind, yeah, kind of. Because then it's like, oh, cool. Like if we, if we were all dating, then it's like we could all hang out as a group. This and that. Just so it's a movie to which three before. different couples could well, swerve but on. But wait, we're not. We're not okay. there. Anymore. So, <clears throat> the, 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 the women show up to my friend's house, and we all kind of introduce ourselves. And, the, and then, you know, there was one, yeah, the one that they, they thought I would kind of pair up with nicely, like, oh, yeah, she's this and that. I, think, I forget if it had to do with, like, kind of what she was doing, the type of stuff yeah. she was into, whatever. It was like. So, For I was like, okay, I, I mean, I can only give her an alias, I don't know what her real name is. Uh, let's call wait, her. Wait, she, she gave her, a fake wait, name. Let's call know. her Janet. Well, like, no. So, well, you'll know in a minute. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so like 15, just so we're not 15 minutes. Her and
0: the person in then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so
3: like fifteen minutes into this, she's like, "Guys, I'm not feeling good, so I'm just gonna go home." So oh. she leaves, <laughs> and it's <laughs> me and my three guy friends, and then two women. And I was kind of like, "Okay, whatever," you know. So we're all kind of hanging out, and I'm like, "How how is this supposed to not be awkward?" And then I think, you know, they, they put the TV on just, again, so that there's a background. And Fight Club was on. So, I, so the rest of the night, the four of them are on the couch doing, like, back rubs and God knows what. And I'm <laughs> sitting in a fucking rocking chair two feet from the TV. <laughs> probably the happiest one there. Just like, oh, yeah, I get to watch Fight Club tonight. <laughs> oh, man. And like every now and then she'll be like, Oh yeah, guys.
1: So that's so, a special... Movies to put on when two of your friends are hooking up. Right. So and you, you need know, something to distract you. And there's
3: no swerve. But but it was just funny that it was like, you know, it wasn't even like, well, this is a consolation prize. It's like, oh, man, this this evening almost turned out even better than I thought it was going to, you know? And and it's, you know... Uh, so, yeah. That, but but the reason I said that as a special case is I, I don't think I would ever put
1: Fight Club on
0: with that's that
3: right. intention. That's, yeah. You know... Yeah, it's, um, a little, it's, got a, it's a little too intense. It's yeah. got
1: a good soundtrack, though. That's true. That would be a good... Ca- I mean, there's a lot of wet, fleshy, slapping... Yeah. I mean, I feel like maybe up
3: on. until like the, the Jared Leto scene, yeah. you could probably get away with it. Yeah.
0: But... Yeah. <laughs> That sentence is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Up until the Jared Leto scene, blank. <laughs> just uh, uh, suddenly, the broader usage of that. Uh, now you've got me thinking about Suicide Squad, and now I'm disappointed. Oh man, oh. See, <laughs> that's for another time for sure. Now
1: I need to rewatch Fight Club because I'll feel better about <laughs> myself in context of Joker portrayals.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: DC, what are you doing? So,
0: how much did we end up here of this actual conversation <laughs> about sortable movies that was usable? <laughs> no, it's it's
1: it's all usable. Okay, good. I just I didn't I'm just going to have to edit, up, edit the last down volume after. wise because okay. I was I just didn't want to end up cutting Tim's answer but it was his question. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> not at all. No, we're not cutting any okay. of that. Beautiful. I'm just I'm going to reduce the volume because if
0: you ever <laughs> wonder... Why are these people making this podcast? Now you now have the answer. We enjoy making people we've never met suffer yeah. with only our voices. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Uh, it's like being a parent, except without all the work. Yeah. Just a few words. Nobody way, has to be the adult. A few words that we crushed a soul. Yeah, or ten. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Sometimes Thank you it's for our your own.
1: continued li- listenership. <laughs> Is anyone still out there? Yeah. <laughs> Bueller.
2: (laughs) Bueller.
0: Well, that's everything we have on this first recap episode of Movie Mumble. And boy, Uh, was it a a, a a journey. (laughs) I'm really surprised at how much genuine discussion we got out of this. I'm delighted. We got quite a lot more than I expected. And across a lot more subjects, a much greater breadth of content than I expected. That was great, really. These recap episodes are, as always, bonus episodes, which is why they will be longer or shorter or what have you. We're not constraining ourselves to one film or one set of topics. They're just to sort of clear out the cobwebs before we move on to another set of films. Yeah. Because they are bonuses, they are releasing, as this one did, halfway between two of our normal releases. We will return to normal Movie Mumble as scheduled. We're not cheating anybody out of anything, not making you wait for another episode if you <laughs> really hate these, these uh, recaps. Uh, that will be the beginning of our second cycle. Back again to Joel picking, then me picking, then Tim picking. Woo. Joel has picked on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And I'm so the excited! Only George Lazenby mm-hmm. Bond film. I'm also very excited, which Tim has not yet seen. No, which will be very interesting indeed. I think. I think we
1: all have a pretty good mm-hmm. Bond background. I think it's
2: something we all be... have
0: a Bond, different Bond background. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> that would be excellent. So, as always, thank you so much for joining us, if you've made it this far. Uh, (laughs) You brave souls. (laughs) We hope to see you. Hope to see you. It's a podcast. We hope you'll listen again for episode four. Thank you. Have a wonderful night. Bye. Bye.